0: systems work people fail this is the advisor mentorship podcast proven systems and processes for the 21st century advisor with jeremy hauser in today's crowded marketplace advisors must find a way to differentiate themselves from the competition learn how to elevate your game and accomplish incredible feats as jeremy teaches you proven systems and processes to successfully build a 21st century advisory practice and discover how developing a work-life balance is not only possible but achievable
1: Jeremy Hauser is a veteran of the financial services business, having worked with advisors for the past, oh, 10 years or so. In that time, he has learned a thing or two, including that processes work. I'm Patrice at uh, Jeremy, when you say process, what do you mean?
2: Processes is definitely something over the last decade I've started to establish with a lot of my advisors, not only are process is very key on success, but I would say systems too, with regards to the advisors that I've found have actually grown their business each and every year. But don't get me wrong, just because you have a process doesn't mean necessarily you're going to be successful because uh, that's that's definitely the, the confusing part of it. But if you have a key process that seems to get you the end over year results of what you're trying to strive to to get, each and every year as you're growing your business. The good news about having a key process for what you're doing in any industry, not just the financial industry, but it's something you can go back to and you can tweak. It's kind of like a baseball swing or a golf swing. It's It's the foundation of your business. And then you can go in, hire somebody. You can work on the mechanics to make sure your process, your swing is going to work to get you the results that you want each and every year. So that's something I find pretty beneficial.
1: All right. So so you really don't need technology for process, right?
2: Depends. So 10 years ago, I would definitely say in the financial industry, we used to, to the extent of sending out contracts, so advisors that are meeting with customers each and every day, kind of if you can go back to something everybody relates to once you buy your home, uh, about 70 to 75 pages of paperwork that you're going through and, and oh, going yeah. out oh uh, yeah sign here, sign yeah. here and by the end of it, you have no idea what you're signing kind of feels that way and that's what a lot of these advisors were doing 10 years ago is having to go through these big bulks of paperwork And nowadays, due to technology, mm-hmm. innovation, a lot of things not just for the consumer to be more efficient and for the advisor to be more efficient, it's easier to do these applications online and these signing documents can take five to 10 minutes as opposed to usually it would take an hour for an advisor to complete forms. Um, marketing side of it as well too with technology, that's a whole other animal itself. But yeah, definitely people are going to need technology to continue to innovate and stick out in front of their competition to attract new, new clients in our industry.
1: At this point in time, I would think technology is pretty. It's it's everywhere. Everybody needs, it. as you said, it's an it's improved speed at least in some areas. But does technology sometimes get in the way?
2: I would say it could. It depends on. It really depends on the individual themselves. So not the. The person, especially if we're talking about financial advisors here, uh, the individual that just wants to stick to what's worked for the last twenty to thirty years of their career—if um, you don't adapt, uh, you do. It seems to—I do seem to find people that struggle in the the growing their business each and every year, day over day, year over year, if they aren't adapting to technology. Uh, with regards to getting in front of new people? How do you stay in front of your clients? How are you making sure that you're maximizing and leveraging your time efficiently? I mean, we're only one person. Um, I don't think necessarily on the technology side, if you're not adapting, um, you're necessarily not going to make it in the financial services. But in the same breath, um, I think it's going to be tough for you to continue to strive as technology enhances as well.
1: And if your clients don't see technology, I would think they might have some second thoughts.
2: It's true, too, because as time goes on, I mean, it's it's no secret here that eventually, over time, myself included, so I'm in my early 30s, but 10 years ago, Uh, there's going to be another Jeremy. So right now there's another another me. There's other people that are coming into the industry where you got to continue to enhance what you're doing because people that are younger and as technology evolves, it's definitely going to be something to where your competition is going to have the next best thing. So not necessarily do yourself or do I have to continue to adjust and bring all that technology into our processes and systems, but... You do want to make sure that you at least know what's out there because customers of yours are going to want to know what the latest and greatest is. And if you're not providing that to them, they're going to go somewhere else to maybe a competitor of yours.
1: Does the technology overshadow the human part, the people part? Do we still need people?
2: We're always going to need people. Now, I could be something... uh, I, I could be considered wrong. I guess in the future, a robot will tell you <laughs> to that answer if um, if that's the case. But I, I really feel like we're here on this earth to serve and you need people to do that. So just imagine real life scenario here, you or I, or anybody listening, you're looking on your phone and especially with finances, you're looking at your TD Ameritrade account, your Schwab account, your... I mean if you have Robinhood your Robinhood account whatever it may be and back in 2020 from January to March the S&P 500 dropped a little over 30% in that time frame so could you just imagine the emotions that the individual was going through during that time frame and to rely on a robot to help you with those emotions and guide you not to do the wrong um, emotional behavior when it comes to financing that's why i think it's it's always going to be you're going to need people there to help going back to a reference i've used before be kind of those bumper bumpers when you're bowling out there if you're actually at the bowling alley uh, you need somebody to keep you in your lane and make sure you're not doing something out of the ordinary for that
1: all right all that all having been said why do advisors work with you and insuremark
2: so insuremark's been around for 38 years as of july for 2021 I think a little elaboration on the, the people, um, our family culture has definitely gravitated a lot of the right fit of advisors to ensure Mark. Those that are definitely looking to better themselves each and every day, being a part of a good culture and not always being the, the, the best person in the room, I guess you can say, yeah, on the business side is one thing. We always look at numbers. But I think advisors really gravitate to systems and processes that are working. And if they can get ideas from people on the other side of the country from them, and it can bring some value to their business, I think overall, that's why people work with InsureMark. Surely, the employees are fine. The systems we have work. But really, that family culture is something different. So you can have a group in Tennessee who now, thanks to the relationships with us here at InsureMark or myself... And maybe I have an individual that has a similar practice out in California or even in Boston, Massachusetts. These individuals get to know one another on some of the trips that we may do or some of the business planning uh, live events that we may host here at our company. And over that time, they become good friends. And now all of a sudden, they're expanding. They're better than bettering themselves, not just as advisors, but also people because friendships definitely help people get through the toughest times.
1: Do you find that those relationships build over time? Uh, Do they, do they, I mean, being distant from each other, geographic distances make it difficult, but does it make them stronger relationships or do they fade? I
2: think it, I think it strengthens it. Um, What's that saying? It's like, uh, you're gonna have to help me on this one.
1: Absence makes the heart grow See, that's why I
2: use your verbiage. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so I, I really do think that that's a huge thing with in our industry because these advisors, especially the ones I talk to each and every day from the mom and pop shop. So just one man doing everything, uh, one woman, no assistant, or those that have maybe five employees. I mean, they're on an island out there. So they want to know what the competition's doing. They want to get better each and every day. So when they get an opportunity every 3 months, 6 months to a year to now get in front of people that they've had great success with, they know that they're thriving, they see their numbers each and every year. It's definitely just kind of a a good just checking your six, kind of to use a a pilot phrase, but to check your six to make sure that am I working? Am I am I growing efficiently and something to scale with, but also still share the the same habits and same uh, camaraderie within that and culture.
1: All right. Tell me about your AMP program, your advisor mentorship program.
2: So to the point of what I've I found with a lot of advisors that have worked with us here over the last 10 years of me being within Shermark. So I started AMP, which is advisor mentorship program. It's a program that I put together to link like-minded advisors to not only share best practices, but also build that camaraderie, like we mentioned just recently. So in 2017, what I did is I put together out of my advisors about 20 of these individuals I interviewed. So we called it our value engineering process. But with that process, what we were able to do is uh, really dive into what makes them successful. We do monthly calls. And that group of 20 from 2017 to 2018, together collectively, they grew their business 100%. Crazy numbers. So 100% is what they grew going into 2018. From 2018 to nineteen, they grew an additional 25%. And then even in 19 to 20, uh, Lord behold, the pandemic, my advisors still grew an additional 20% in an industry... Quick number for you, Patrice... In an industry that was actually down twenty three percent for twenty twenty, my group of advisors were up uh, year over year twenty percent uh, from that twenty nineteen number.
1: That that is pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable.
2: Yeah, and and that's something that I definitely it's it's a great what I've learned over the last uh, decade of doing this is advisors they just they want to make sure that they have the right systems in play. They have the right people that they're teaming up with to take on what's coming at them because nobody could have predicted COVID, especially all the restrictions. People had to adapt to technology. Uh, Just going back to that segment, if you look at the fact that people couldn't leave their home, so a lot of advisors nowadays who are doing face to face appointments, they had to adjust to doing virtual appointments, the consumer. So people probably, I think everybody, I would say probably 70% of America now knows what Zoom is. <laughs> and <laughs> grandma and- Hello, and yes. <laughs> grandma and grandpa definitely didn't know what Zoom was, but that was how they interacted with their family. So over time, that's that's definitely something we found is uh, you got to have the right people and success stories. And then really, uh, you have to be open to change and and changing for the better. So getting people adapted to technology has definitely helped why my advisors were able to thrive in 2020 and this year we're doing great too. All
1: right. You mentioned value engineering. You don't need a college degree for that, do you?
2: When they when they <laughs> brought the term to me, I thought the same thing, but <laughs> Realistically, value engineering, it's just sharing. Um, and it's an opportunity where I sit down with my advisors and it's similar to like what they do with their customers. I interview them. So I get to know it's more of a client intake. I have a certain forum of questions. It takes about 30 to 45 minutes. Advisors tend to like to talk about themselves. So I really try to keep it to 45 minutes, but sometimes uh, that, that could go a little longer. But with the value engineering process, it definitely helps us figure out out of the resources we have here at our company, at InsureMark, is XYZ the best fit for Tim? Or maybe there's based off of the answers they gave us, You know, we might want to go a different route and utilize another resource for 2022. And so what the value engineering process allows us to do is learn more about the advisor. And then from our tool chest of all the tools that we have, what resources can we give to them to basically throw the gasoline on their fire and just let it go?
1: How do advisors come to you? What is the route they take?
2: So with our advisors, for the most part, they find us... uh, social media. I definitely think a lot of advisors have gotten to know me over LinkedIn. Um, Our company does a lot of marketing. We do a lot of uh, branding amongst not just on LinkedIn and Facebook, but it's a lot of word of mouth too. So uh, similar to our advisors, leveraging uh, multiple outlets out there. uh, It's pretty tough nowadays to, to really grasp the market that you really want to. But for the most part, I'd probably say uh, referrals and social media, and then uh, advisor A introduces us to somebody that they've known over the th- years, and they might get an opportunity if they're a good fit. That we might make sense for both sharing.
1: About what percentage of advisors who approach you actually stay with you?
2: Well, that's a that's an interesting number. I would have to really dive into. So the amount of advisors that come to, I would say, Jeremy. So if if I were to end up talking to a new advisor and we start to uh, figure out a way to where some of our resources could help add value to them, I'd probably say 50% chance that that advisor is going to be still a good fit because there's some qualifications that they do have to meet and requirements in order to to work together. Because we do have a lot of good systems and processes, but we want to make sure that we're helping an advisor who really specializes in what our advisors are doing across the country, which is really protecting uh, retirement accounts. So utilizing certain products and it's not for everybody, but we find that the advisors that do fit that niche, if they're RIAs or insurance-only advisors or whomever it may be, uh, we do have a pretty good opportunity to add some type of value to their business. It just depends on what that, what that tool might be.
1: Is there something we haven't mentioned here that you'd like to make sure advisors know about your, advi- uh, your mentorship program or your program all told?
2: One thing I would say is in 2020, which was definitely a very challenging year, I feel like even in my young uh, 33-year life, uh, I feel like last year I worked uh, a lot harder, a lot more just trying to make the most out of last year in 2020. And the thing that I really realized amongst my advisors is it's all about having that camaraderie and making things simple. So I ended up investing in myself and I invested in the advisor mentorship program for my advisors. And what I mean by that is due to the fact that a lot of advisors were learning technology, I actually created a one-stop shop for those advisors to go to a resource library. And within that resource library on the page. Everybody has a login. They have an opportunity to now hear recordings from other successful advisors. They see what other advisors are using out there in the marketplace at point of sale, what kind of uh, literature they're using with customers that's helping them. So I really think last year was a, a difference maker of what helped me thrive and helped my advisors thrive is because they knew that they had a good team supporting them and we're always looking for the next best thing and being open-minded to providing um, an additional thing for each and every advisor, even if they're not, they're not comfortable with change, which nobody is.
1: No, it's, it's difficult to accept. Uh, but knowing somebody has your back, that's half the battle right there. So Jeremy, how can people reach you?
2: They can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, I, I feel like I've mentioned that a couple of times, but I think that's where a lot of advisors, just by following or connecting with me there, I provide a lot of the material that I talk to my advisors about on LinkedIn. So that's a good free resource for them. Or they can just go to uh, the www.advisormentorship.com website and feel free to check out the video or click learn more. And we can send you an introduction kit to any resources that we reference on these uh, type of podcasts.
1: All right, Jeremy, thank you so much. Jeremy Hauser, the host of this Advisor Mentorship Podcast. And there is much more to come in this show, so make sure you follow or subscribe to get the latest episode. And of course, share with colleagues and friends. They'll appreciate that. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later.
0: Thank you for listening to the Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Jeremy Hauser. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Jeremy on LinkedIn to stay up to date. If you would like to request our introduction kit, feel free to check out www.advisormentorship.com and click on Learn More. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.